Hello, and welcome to the Screamcast, a slasher podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Keith, and today we're discussing Hush. The 2016 hit film seen on Netflix. Go check it out, Halloween funtivity people. Uh, Would recommend. Yes. All right, so this is Keith. You've never heard of him before, unless you have. And I look in the shadows. He is one of my co-hosts from my other podcast. He does the Girl Meets World podcast. I'm the girl. Me. Yes, he is. He's meeting the world one day at a time. Yeah. Uh, so August 6th, so Keith was the second best opportunity in Whoa. this facility. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay, just getting it out there. All right, I understand. So, so Keith, uh, yes. how are we going to introduce you to the people? What, uh, what do you think is one of the moments that you've been the most scared from a movie, TV show, that kind of thingy-majig? Well, I have an interesting story about horror because for me as a person i don't really get scared at horror movies yeah i i enjoy horror movies most when i'm dissecting them mm. for something like this and it's something we just have done yeah off uh you know off mic yeah but i i think that i usually laugh at horror movies even ones that are not meant to be funny yeah. because i just look and be like really that's what you did or like that's the effect you use there mm. so i think that the actual you know honest sincere visceral you know, scared feeling yeah. that I've had that I can think of in my life um, that is from something that was designed yeah. to scare people is when I was, I'm going to say, about 12. Yeah. And this is in summer camp in the woods in New Hampshire. And it was a pretty remote woods and it was a Boy Scout camp. Mm. And there was a tradition in the troop that we were a guest at because we had a very small troop and we were a guest in another town's troop. And they had a tradition called like, uh, it was like Will of the Wisp or something like. Mm. A, it was no, it was Whippoorwill, and it was a, a mythology about this murderer character. Yeah. And there was sort of a stage drama that played out while you were alone in the woods at night, mm. huddled around a campfire, <laughs> away from the center of camp. Yeah. Is, we were in one of the old camps that was not close to the center at this okay. point. We were very remote. <laughs> yeah. And they played out these things where people would go into the woods and not come back. It, was, <laughs> it started very slowly. Yeah. It was like, oh, where's this kid? He left, and then, oh, I'll, I'll go look for him. And then it evolved into, there was a firefighter that was one of the adults, and he mm-hmm. had a tool that was for um, cutting wedding bands off of people's hands that were burnt, and they was putting pressure on the on the mm-hmm. appendages. And they pulled it, and part of the mythology was that he cut people's fingers off for yeah. trophies. <laughs> and so they went, and they pulled this thing out of the woods, and there was a scuffle, and at the climax... Some of the older scouts went over, and there was this sort of, like, play that happened in the woods, and I can say that... Although at the very end, mm. I, it snapped in my head, I can say that viscerally, when you are actually alone in the woods yeah. at 12 yeah. and something that is going on, you feel it. And the best part, the best part is completely unrelated yeah. to anything. There was a, another group of people that came by looking for somebody <laughs> that had nothing to do. They were actually looking for somebody who was missing and it was amazing (laughs) and i think that is uh one of the greatest sort of like spooks the scares that i've had um that goes beyond sort of like a scary story Mm. that you would watch on television or in a movie theater that i think is a great it was like so it's like it's like an extended prank it was a thing they did to all the young first year kids that have been out there and then what happened was the seniors the veterans 
enacted yeah. it what they had been nah, the victims of when great. they were younger. That's really great. I like that. And I think that usually those kind of like, it's, it's not hazing, right? Yeah. But it's like that fine line. <laughs> you know, but, but it's like, it, it really is one of those great sort of like urban legend traditions. And the story yeah. was fairly rich for how organically it yeah. developed. Yeah, you gotta, you always love a story that ends with, it's not hazing, guys, I promise. <laughs> well, and, and the best part was, so the guy, it was the Whippoorwill, and his the whole thing is he, like, escaped, and his call yeah. was, off in the distance. People yeah. had, like, went off, you know, a little bit into the woods and started doing that yeah. around. And... <laughs> great, great. I will say, I mean, for me, as far as, like, movies go, I do think that one of the movies that made me the most... It's weird because it's not, it's not scared in the, like, like this visceral, like, immediate moment thing. Stuff. But, like, uh, but Blair Wick, the, the setting of Blair Wick and just the general feeling of dread of being lost in the woods, mm-hmm. that, like, it's kind of like an extended feeling of dread throughout the movie. Have you been you know? camping? I have not. Mm. I, I was saying to Olga the other day that I want to go camping, and she's like, no. And I'm like, I should really, probably, and she's like, "No." I should have probably not told you that story and then done that to you. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been great. All right, let's talk about Hush. Nice. So it's it's Halloweeny time. We wanted to do a nice video, uh, you know, not video, do, do a podcast for you guys. A little review. Yeah. A spook. A spook view. Yes. So we actually we had a few people recommend this to us, and it would have been smart of me if I remembered who they were and mm. could thank them. But thank you, people out so there. So ingracious. It, it was a, it was quite a while ago. I feel like I think it was like a couple months ago. People were saying we should do this. It honestly could have only been so far back because it's a fairly new movie. Yeah, it was like a month ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what did you think of Hush? Um, I would just like to first start and say. We looked up the budget. What was it? Seventy thousand. Yeah. Which is a crazy small budget. Yeah. Written, directed, and edited by the same guy. Yeah. And it was co-written by the wife of this guy, who was the main lead. Yeah. And all that, and even without that, yeah, it was great. Yeah. It I think was the best low-budget movie I have ever seen. Yeah, I think I'd probably agree with you. I mean, I definitely like Blair Witch, but that's low-budget in a different way. Yeah. Like this, that's like low. Like most of the low-budget horror films are like purposely low like that yeah, like, like that's... You, you look at it and you say like oh this you know they're they're, car- they're carrying the camera yeah you don't have a crew this like that's the gimmick this yeah, just yeah. feels like a full movie yeah that, no, this just yeah. was a traditionally made movie that just was yeah. you know lo- it was not special effects heavy yeah which made it great you know it was yeah. it was understated what it needed to be and had all the right action when it was called for yeah i mean this is the kind of thing that if you had the right talent and the right cameras you could make as a film school thing. You yeah. just have to be like freaking amazing at yeah. it. You know, you know. You like, just have to have that knack. Yeah. You have to like know exactly what to do and yeah. when. Yeah. I mean, especially what you looked up that they had to dub in all the her panting and breathing yeah. after. Yeah. For them to like, and I didn't notice that. If you yeah. didn't look that up, I would have never said, "Oh, her breath is out of sync." You know, yeah. they did that after. Yeah. But it was because they had a steady cam running around the house behind her that they ruined the audio. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think in general, the whole idea of of doing a movie based around a uh, deaf-mute protagonist Mm. is kind of like a great both directing and acting tool in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. As far as, like... That, that must have really made them focus extensively on the blocking and the choreography and everything, and that really, you know, because dialogue can be a crutch. Yeah, the um, limitations really bring the color to it. You know, yeah. it's one of the things where, like, you see 
what box you're in. Yeah. And then you suddenly notice how much space you have in there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I do want to bring up, I don't think you know about this, but I am wondering if this movie in this title especially is a reference because there's a very famous episode of Buffy mm. called Hush okay. where all of the characters lose their voice. The entire town, no one can speak. Um, I think that's a stretch. No, no, but, but no, let me explain. <laughs> okay. Because it, it's it's very well known for this because the whole idea was that Whedon was specifically known for his dialogue hmm. and that people would say like, oh, like, would the show be the same thing without that self snappy? So yeah, so he, he specifically made, made it that way and it was all about can we do this Mm. With just you know, with just the actors doing this, and with just the, they had really good music in that episode, and so like if you're a horror fan, and we, we're gonna talk about like the Some alien, the yeah. alien reference and stuff, uh, I would not be surprised at all if they knew of this. This is stuff that like I've heard about on NPR and stuff. Okay. So um, it's a very famous episode. So I, I don't, I don't know if that's a reference, but that is Let's definitely the first thing tweet I tweet the people involved in the movie yes. and see if we get an answer. <laughs> that would be nice. You never know. Yeah. Um, all right, so, yeah, very fun movie, sound design's great, um, and, you know, I, I think the premise is intriguing to anyone who's excited, you know, and it was, yeah. it's, it's enough to bring you in, even if you don't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely gonna say, it was not a perfect movie. Yeah. But it was a fresh, new take. Yeah. On a fairly used, you know, yeah. genre of, like, you're trapped in the house and there's a killer, it's and the a, killer's gonna come yeah. kill you. Cat and mouse, yeah. you know. But, I mean, there was a little bit of, like, really, really, but... Overall, I mean, I think everything that I questioned, yeah. for the most part, paid off in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it was just a very, a very, you know, it's funny to say for me like this, but it was a very solid screenplay. Yeah. Everything was planned out. Everything had a reason to be there. Um, I do, and I'll get into this more later because we're just saying our sort of general thoughts now. I do wonder, I feel like the beginning of the movie was sort of setting up a greater message or arc for the character that I think you More can... More tied into her past, you mean? Yeah, I mean, you can imply... I mean, especially... Okay, so they set up, you know, classic screenwriting. They set up the problem, like, mm -hmm. the issue of the character. You know, will she ever learn to not isolate herself? Right. Will she ever, right. you know, connect with other people? I don't really feel like that question is answered. I, and you're, you know, you're like, really referring to the Skype call with her sister, yeah. I presume. Where she says, I'm not isolating myself, I was isolated, Yeah, and this is just yeah. me dealing with and, it. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing, is that you can't really escape the uh, social message or the, you know, by, by having the a... The baggage of yeah, that. You, yeah, they, you're having a, I don't know, as a disabled person myself, I don't actually know what the current correct term is, if I can say handicapped or if that's not right or whatever, but if you're going to have a character with a disability, mm -hmm. uh, it's, you're saying something. Right. Uh, and I do wonder, I, I, did, I didn't, in my very quick research on Wikipedia, I didn't see anything about whether they knew people who had, you know, mm -hmm. like, wh where, how they came up with this. I, it sounded like they might have just come up with it because they wanted to do something with very, yeah, very little dialogue and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think so. Within that vein, it always comes into question the whole... It's the premise of the final girl. Yeah. And the reason it's a final girl is because the assumption is this is a superficially um, fragile character who is yeah. vulnerable because it's usually a small, slender girl. Yeah. You know, young, you know, like mid-20s, whatever it is, teenager. Yeah. It's always somebody that you are not going to associate with physical strength and able to win the battle. Yeah. And it's that kind of vulnerability that makes these characters the protagonist of a horror movie because... They need to run away until the last stand, yeah. you know, and 
that compounded with the deafness, yeah. I think you can say like, okay, so it's just taking advantage of the idea of women, or it's just taking advantage of the idea of deafness. Yeah. And I can see that being an issue that might arise. I personally think this transcended that. Mm. I don't think that this fell into that category because I think they they dealt with it well, especially... We should save it to the end, or yeah, just talk can, about I mean, it. If you want to, just go for so, it. So, um, it's, it's your point. I'll yeah. let you talk about the alarm. Well, I mean, no, I, I mean, I was just gonna say that. So, I, I, to be clear, I wasn't saying that I think they did a bad job. Yeah. I was more saying that I was expecting a a greater takeaway mm. at the a end. Morality tale. Yeah, a, a yeah. little, or either either a morality tale or her her learning something a little mm. bit more. Uh, he certainly has a growth from that climactic moment where she's talking to herself. We'll get into that more later. Um. But I I feel like instead they kind of by uh, nature of the premise yeah just have a basic social message of you can succeed even with a disability that that doesn't make you incapable you can overcome all right. odds you can find ways around it that is not going to incapacitate you a decom and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, so I mean I think that that is is a solid thing yeah. just because we we get so few things with characters like this. Yeah. That no matter what, it's a strong character, it's a likable character, it's an intelligent character. This is great. And honestly, they, they do a good job, too, of integrating, you know, she has multiple friends and family who, yes. who work with her, who help her, who are willing to learn sign language. Um, and she, and especially because she's saying, like, oh, you don't have to. Yeah. And the other person's like, oh, but I, I want to learn because yeah. for myself, I want to learn. Yeah. And I do think it's also that you were talking about the vulnerability thing with mm -hmm. the final girl, but it also adds to the sort of othering that the final, the final girl's always out on her own. Right. Isolated. Know? Yeah. Like the character. Yeah, exactly. So it really is a nice of way to tie into that trope in a way that works, works very well. And I would say, I, I just think it was, it was done well because yeah. even though you think that, at the beginning, set up this greater morality tale that maybe didn't quite come as poignantly or as yeah. hard in the sand. Uh, I think that it did that enough without becoming about that. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest thing. I feel like it was... She was a good enough character yeah. that it it just was part of her character. Yeah. Even though, yes, you can break it down like, okay, because it's about her vulnerability. It's about mm -hmm. this handicap in this situation and it makes yeah. it harder for her to know when the guy's behind her until the breath hits the back of her neck. Yeah. But I, I really think that it was just her character traits were unique yeah. and idiosyncratic, and I think that really helped in a movie like this where you're trapped in an mm. enclosed space. Well, okay, so I have a reading I just thought of. Mm. So I guess, could you could you argue that she isolating herself, the, all that, and the way she's acted her whole life up to this point yeah. has been about her running away from confrontation? And that, oh, yeah, she, yeah, that she isolates herself because it's uncomfortable, that she has this disability, she feels othered, so she just runs away from the conflict. Yeah, I mean, and now she's running into the conflict and taking it head on. Without and, using the terminology in a, in a strange way, yeah. she's self-handicapping herself. Yes, you know, she, yeah. She's like putting this thing on herself that she'll, it's like an out, you know, it, it's a yeah. pass where it's like, well, this is because... I'm doing this on purpose and not because I can't. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't have to deal with the fact that yeah. maybe I can't if I try. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's definitely a, a, a notable point. And I think that is part of her character that when she has the monologue where her yeah. inner voice comes back and she says, yes, I have to fight. Mm. It's definitely a big theme there, but I would argue not a, not a blunt one. Yeah. And I think that that could easily become a so, blunt theme. Yeah. So maybe, so maybe I, as we talk about it more, maybe I have less of an issue with it because I mean, there are very 
easy, cutesy, over the top, like not subtle ways that they could have ended it with her reconnecting with Craig or her moving yeah. back home <laughs> with her sisters. You know, and like, and I was, I'm like very glad that it didn't end that oh, yeah, way. Yeah. Um, You're glad that she stayed independent. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get in. We're gonna Which... do Alien. Yes. More on that later. <laughs> well, you want to just mention it now, or do you want to? Uh, no, we'll get to it. We'll okay. Get to it. All right. So we're gonna go through just like the major moments. We're not totally gonna recap the whole thing, yeah. but uh, so we start off with the introduction. She's cooking. Uh, we meet Sarah from next door. Yeah, and from the beginning, the cinematography, mm. the beginning and the end, had exceptionally strong cinematography. I think. Yeah. The yeah. sound design and the the use of the alarm. Yeah. I think that it 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 came and went very artfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, uh, if you're a Stranger fan, Stranger fans, Stranger Things fan, <laughs> if you're one of those weirdos out there, what are you, what str- are the Stranger fans? <laughs> hey, you come tell us about how you feel because we want to know the weirdos feel. <laughs> how do you weirdos feel about this weird movie? Well, Keith has introduced himself to the community. <laughs> So, yeah, if you're a Stranger Things fan, the uh, the ending uh, of that uh, with the flashing, very, very reminiscent whoa, whoa, of whoa. that. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, don't spoil <laughs> was not, was not going to go into any me. more detail don't, than that. I, I want to watch yeah. it. I'm going to yeah. watch it eventually. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Spoiler, no spoiling. Yeah, so the beginning is great. I think the beginning does a really good job of setting up who she is, yeah. setting up the the uh, sparsity of dialogue, but also I like that the beginning has a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit of... The exposition isn't too heavy-handed, yeah. but we get every piece of information and, we really and need. And from the beginning, she has both faults and strengths. Yeah, yeah. You know, she is careless enough to let the alarm go off, mm. but she, you know, has this intelligent dialogue with the character of Sarah yeah. from next door. <laughs> and you can see that she, so she is a, a both a competent person, yeah. but at the same time a slightly careless one, which comes back when we see her making somewhat stereotypical you know, horror protagonist mistakes were yeah. like, why did you drop that knife there? Why did you let him have the hammer? Yeah. Why did you lock yourself in the room? But it, the payoff is her character reacts in mm-hmm. a visceral, relatable way that you can, you believe it. It's not like, yeah. oh, you stupid idiot. It's, oh, I get it. You're flustered because yeah. it's insane. Yeah. And, and I think they also, they do, I mean, as far as uh, for the messaging and everything, I think they do a great job in the beginning of setting up how she utilizes technology, mm-hmm. how she, she overcomes these things with, you know, accessibility things of the vibrations of, uh, you know, I think she's a writer. She is yeah. a successful woman, uh, you know, from her own talents. Yeah. And I think unobtrusively um, so. There is actually a lot of technology in the beginning. Mm. And sometimes that can feel distracting. Yeah, yeah. But I think at every point it it added. Yeah, yeah. And they have nice little quirky moments like her, the cat being named Bitch. Yeah. I think that's a nice... Which is great because we didn't actually know that was the actual name until yeah, the, yeah. close to the end. No, that was really nice. And, uh, yeah, so Sarah Sarah was very likable from the get-go. I do think it's it's uh, funny, both me and Keith, at the beginning of these scenes, we really overly read into things and really thought oh, that... Yeah. that we, uh... were like, we, we knew she was a lesbian. <laughs> because in the very beginning, it was a picture of her smiling with another woman. Yeah. And, but, like, almost melancholically... Was her look at it. I guess yeah. it was supposed to be because it was her sister yeah. back home. And then she was talking to Sarah from next door. And then, like, was, like, happy until she mentioned John. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> walked away. And then... And, well, then also that he, like, deletes Craig's yeah, text yeah. or whatever. I mean, it, it, it deletes Craig's text more in the way we, like... 
no scrubs, it was kind of like, oh man. Yeah. Because what was the other thing? It was um, there were some Easter eggs at the beginning. Oh yeah. Was cooking, and it said like, um, uh, you should go talk you to go, Craig. Yeah, go, yeah. You should message Craig. He really likes you. He's, <laughs> he's really into you. At, at which point I was like, yep, it's Craig. Craig's the killer. Before the, <laughs> before the killer even came on screen, I'm like, I saw that. I'm like, Craig's the killer. Craig the killer would have been great. <laughs> Which he wasn't. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we never He know. might have been the mastermind behind that. <laughs> um, all right. So then the next big moment is Sarah's death. Yeah. Uh, good things and bad things about Sarah's death. Yes. I, I think it was, you know, the violence in this movie is some of the better violence that I feel like I've seen in stuff like this. Yeah. There are definitely times where you have to suspend your disbelief. Yeah. But overall, it's visceral and it feels realistic, yeah. even if it isn't. And the pacing is right. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is the pacing is right. Yeah. And it's gut-wrenching. Also, the fact that we have these neighbors getting killed and everything, yeah. it, like, it, you could very easily have been like, she's a final girl, but not really. She's like the only one who dies. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they bring the neighbors in to uh, add dynamic It, it makes the it. world bigger and a place where it could have easily shrunken down to nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you had an issue, though, with Sarah's death. So my issue with Sarah's death is not really with her death, but more with, I feel like there was a missing, or misplaced, rather, 15-second scene mm. being, we learned soon after, because the killer comes in through the door, that if Sarah had moved seven feet to her left, she'd have, she could have come right in. Yeah. So between the time that she comes up to the door that has the multiple panes, which is close to the kitchen, yeah. and is slamming on it, and she's there for, I don't know, I'm going to say a good six seconds. Yeah. And which seems like a short time, but that's plenty of time yeah. to move over and come in and lock the door. And I feel like if you were coming in and you knew she's deaf and yeah. you're slamming on the door and it's locked yeah. and you have been there just yeah. earlier today and many times before, at least a few times yeah. before, we don't know how new she is to the area, yeah. you would go over, yeah. take, you take two steps over and open that other door. Yeah. And I feel like the scene that was missing was the cat should have been let out after this scene. Mm. Instead of before, you should have had the door locked. She should have ran to both doors. Yeah. Maybe we didn't need it, but at least yeah. she should have, at this point, when everything blew over from that murder, yeah. she should have let the cat out then and left the door unlocked at that point. Yeah. That's my only... Yeah. I like. I love the scene about it. It's yeah. just my logic yeah. thing. And I mean, my devil's advocate answer to that is simply that I think she was more focused, not as much focused on getting inside as much as she was getting it, letting the attention... Yeah. of Maddie but I but even then you could get inside and then shake Maddie yeah, yeah. you know so but it's, like, it's, that yeah. to me I, I really yeah. do think that is the only single which is actually good this is the yeah. single moment in this movie where I say like you stupid horror movie victim <laughs> yeah why did you do that because I, I think every other single thing that even if I questioned it at that instant mm. paid off or was alleviated by something else yeah all right, so the next big moment is the killer taking the mask off. and Because, well, we have the whole thing with the lipstick where she's like, I haven't seen your face. Right. Uh, you can just leave. And he's like, well, I'm taking the mask off, so fuck you. Yeah. And, uh, and more importantly, what he says next. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, I guess for, for your sake, this is an explicit podcast, so we can swear. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, why did you... I just, I just want to like why why stop then like what well because I guess I guess Warren oh I didn't yeah. even notice <laughs> I was like I thought you like were expecting me to either say something specific or intentionally tiptoe around something yeah. specific I'm like 
<laughs> did he say something that he thinks I'm gonna do a voice of and yeah. then say or not do a voice of? Yeah. Well, because I had said that he he's, he wrote the note the thing and he was like, well, I'm taking my mask off. Fuck yeah. you. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I, I, yeah. I get that now and yeah. I remember that. But when you said that, like that, those two did synapses do not connect. That's <laughs> like, really okay. So okay, so this moment to me was the most divisive moment of the movie. The yeah. most like. I don't know how I feel about this. It was like 27 minutes into the movie and we were already seeing his face. Um, I personally still don't love it. And I have to say in general, I don't know how I feel about the killer, the actor who played the killer. Um, Really? I, I like his like physical presence mm. um you liked his pantomiming yeah, yeah. and yeah you know, continuing on even after he takes the mask yeah. off um and because I, it was so theatrical yeah in that way. and i liked i like we'll talk later about his interaction with john i thought that was pretty solid mm-hmm. but i don't feel like like if if their thought process was we'd take the mask off so that he can leer at her more or like we can mm-hmm. see his expression as he looks at her more i think i would have gotten more out of not seeing the, the mask yeah I mean, not seeing the face and having this the mask, and to me, it it set the movie into a whole different gear, yeah. where he went from being this ominous, frightening presence to being a burglar killer, to being kind a little bit of a cartoon. Yeah. Because like kind, I feel like oh, it was Home Alone. You thought it was always in Home Alone. <laughs> not quite. Like, just in that that he, uh, you know, when it, when it, when 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 he is a faceless. Yeah. Murderer, like a, like a presence of evil. Yeah. When, when he's a horror character. Yeah. When he's yeah. a, you know, a killer. I mean, yeah. he's still a killer, but like yeah. when he's like, when he's the killer. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, then there's all this mystique of why is he doing this? Is there going to be a reveal? Is there a greater reasoning behind it? Right. But I feel like as soon as he took that mask off. He became a human. He became, not just a human, he became a little bit of a caricature. Yeah. Because he was, he was, his motivation is. I'm a fucking murderer, yo. And like, oh, yeah. like I like murder because murder is fun. And like, and two was it two five five one or one? Yeah, with five, the five, with the two. check marks yeah, on the, the book. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I'm not like that. Doesn't in any way like ruin the movie to me. Yeah. And I think he still was scary throughout. But I felt like. Like for me, if the first time we saw him without the mask on was when John showed up, I yeah. think that would have been so much stronger. Yeah. Um, but what I mean, what you said, you kind of so, came around to it. I think I was actually the first one to voice that. Yeah, yeah. And I think when he took his mask off, I a hundred percent. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. I was like, so early on in the movie, you're going to remove the mystique. You're going to remove that magic of him of the menacing faceless thing. Yeah. And and I was like, you know. More importantly than the removing the mask was the monologue because I feel like her message to him was you can walk away because you're still anonymous. Yeah. You're you. She she thinks he's a burglar. Yeah. You know I won't tell your secret is safe with me yeah, if has, I'm safe from you. She hasn't seen Sarah yet. Right. You know, yeah. She doesn't know yeah. what he's a killer. Yeah. And for him, the the threat or the response to that he could have taken off the mask, looked right in her eyes. It could have been mm. silence for. Five seconds. It could have yeah. been a long, intense thing. And he could have put the mask back on, yeah. tapped on the glass with a knife, and then strolled away whistling. Yeah. And that, I think, would have communicated everything that he said yeah. without saying it. Because yeah. the, a lot the, more audience, yeah, it, the yeah. audience understands exactly what yeah. that reply means. Yeah. When The audience knows exactly when, when the she says, I haven't seen your face, you can walk away. Mm. And he shows her, her fa- his face. Yeah. The audience knows it's because... 
you know, that's not what he's here for. Yeah. He is going to kill her. Yeah. And then she, at that point, can start processing through that and then get there yeah. soon after. Well, because... Well, sorry. If you yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah. Well, that's well so, so, but my, I mean, my thought process, too, as I kept watching after that was, okay, they wanted him to straight up say, I'm going to play with you. I'm going to wait for you to, like, get upset so that people weren't going, why isn't he just smacking through the windows? Why isn't he just killing her now? But I feel like that's pretty apparent. But, but yeah, but I, again, even without that, yeah, I do feel like it's pretty apparent. And I feel like they also reinforce it later when he's smoking and talking to the cat and the body and everything. I feel like he basically says oh, it again. And when she's, he's using Sarah's limp body yeah. as a marionette tapping yeah. on the window. Yeah. You have all these things and yeah. you definitely do not okay, need... Okay, so, so then why did you come back around? I, I came back around because, and what I said yeah. when, when this happened was, the only reason to do that is to make him... From fairly early on, so that the audience knows that he's defeatable. Yeah. And I think that I still do think that having him talk was too far. Yeah. But if if he they had done what I said, yeah. if he took the mask, takes the mask off, yeah. puts it back on, even if he takes it off permanently a little bit before yeah. John comes by, mm. I think that that becomes a tasteful way of yeah. communicating everything without saying it, and it's I think it's more natural. Oh but yeah. But what it does do is it 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 makes him look dumb mm. not it, a little bit in the way that oh i'm watching this and it's dumb yeah but not too bad it's really yeah. it's it's the character you think no. that he has he has a weakness and he's beatable yeah and so it's that point where you say okay this is not necessarily a, a, a run and hide movie yeah this is going to at some point very distinctly turn into she's gonna kill her yeah yeah i mean i still feel like I feel like that's kind of implied by the premise of the movie to begin with. I know, with. but and like, that's it, the it, thing. It just... So I mean, I'm I'm definitely on board with him taking the mask off, and then even if he left leaving off, I just don't want him to speak at that point. Yeah. And I, I do say, but the, the one thing that I do like that that reminded me of is I like that even though her her main tactic from at, for the first you know basically for Act Two mm-hmm. is trying to run away in different ways, yeah. I still like that from the very beginning. He is tough and he is fighting back. We have the hammer thing pretty soon after this. And that's a great early... You, you mentioned when we were walking, it's great that he he, he has the first the blood. First, yeah. Yeah, of, you know. of the main character and the killer, yeah. the first blood is drawn on the killer. Yeah, And I think that is an important reinforcing yeah. factor to what I just said is that she has uh, enough of that warrior spirit in her yeah and i will say mentioning that hammer scene mm. that to me actually would have been a great time for him to rip off his mask yeah yeah if like he, out of like spit blood out or yeah, something if, like, if he yeah. well he got hit in the yeah arm, well i mean he tear his own and spit it out the window maybe yeah but i think that that would have been either got knocked off or he ripped it out something happened that would have been that is the mood shift final you know like this is like so it takes the mask off puts it back on he's a human and then that happens. He's wounded. Mm-hmm. I take the mask off. Now you understand. It's me versus you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do like so. Just going through some of the quick things. Yep. Uh, he uses the car alarm uh, to distract, him to, distract him to get the phone. That was a smart thing. I we both kind of laughed at how difficult it was for her to use the car alarm. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would say my. You know, because I said I enjoy horror movies by talking about them while yeah. they're playing. Uh, for me, I was like, okay, glass. One pane of glass is stopping that from going through when yeah. it's 30 feet out the window, <laughs> maybe 40. And I, I like, and I, I really like the idea that he's in the back, she's in the front. Mm. She has to open the door, do that, and then yeah. run back. And it's that's a, that's a, that's a, sure. ten, that's a yeah. great tension moment. Yeah. I just wish there was a large potted plant in the way <laughs> outside that she had to go around. Yeah. Some small thing, although 
those are some hella good glass doors, <laughs> as we as we learned later yes. on when he was hit the crowbar, yes. not the crowbar, but the tire iron. Yeah. <laughs> later, those were like some serious shatterproof glass. Yes. yes, brought to you by hella good glass company. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, really great. Uh, so we also have small things. I like the start where she was under the deck and had to run away. Yeah. Uh, and the best part about that was yeah. the trailer had her being dragged by the feet mm-hmm. out of that. And then you had the suspension. like, I think this might happen now. Yeah. And then it doesn't because it's in her sequencing yeah. later when she's planning and yep. going through the different possibilities, which I think, and we were talking about yeah. how horror movies screw everything up in their the trailers. Tra- and way too much. Yeah, or, or not yeah. enough to, you yeah. know, this was a great way to have both. And yeah. it just... Yeah, so really great, really great. Uh, so we also have stuff like her throwing the flashlight. Uh, and then, okay, so we should talk about the crossbow. Yeah. Uh, cause you had issues. You you just don't like love crossbows as a hard you you tool to begin with. I will say overall, this movie I think handled it well. Yeah. I think what made me express the most concern was we had just watched a trailer from another movie mm. in which the killers were using crossbows. Yeah. I think that as a theme, the murder and the the murder weapon should should be close up i mean mm. crossbows is a good tactical thing yeah. for a horror movie murder to have from their own standpoint because it's silent yeah. you can retrieve it if it's not too badly damaged yeah. you know it's at a range but i think that there's too much distance between the killing because the murderer and the death needs to happen up close and personal yeah and it should although there is the fear of like is it going to come through the window i feel like unless it's very specifically something else it's better that it's you know I have you by the shirt collar, yeah. and I have you now. Yeah. You know, as opposed to, oh, you're 50 feet away. Mm. The reason I think that it worked so great here yeah. was, A, because it limited her being able to run away. Yeah. Because that was a consideration, a very specific one, that he's going to range her yeah. down. Yeah. And, B, that she got it. Yeah. The that fact that she got it, especially because she yeah. couldn't load it, because as soon as she got it, I'm like, I don't think she's going to be able to do it because... That takes a lot of strength. It's probably adjusted to his strength specifically, and she's shot in the leg. Yeah. I don't think she's going to be able to load that. And I love that scene where she kept screwing up her fingers, yeah. trying to do it while he was watching. That was yeah. a really smart way to do yeah. that. That was really good. And I also like, I mean, this this movie is really good. It's a short running time, and it, but it still... It we, felt good. Yeah, it, it, felt, it, felt, it, felt, it felt like the right length because... I mean, we can, unlike every other movie that I've, when we've done a movie on this show, we've never run through, we're basically going to run through the whole movie. I mean, we're, we're skipping yeah. around, but we're basically hitting the major points. very efficient. Yeah. yeah. And well, that's the thing is, I think when horror is at its best is when you have an idea and then you take 15 minutes to do it. You know, when, it, when it's, we're doing this in real time, we're building the tension, we're going slowly, we're letting you in her psyche, we're showing she's not being stupid, she's being yeah. upset. The you pacing know, like, is great. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's reacting like a human. Humans do not know they're in a horror movie and, and sit down and logically think about their next yeah. plan. And uh, I think that they did a really good, the, the actress did a great job. Oh, yes. I, uh, she was know. perfect for the yeah. role. Which, she was the director's, she co-wrote yeah. and was the wife of the director. Yeah. And she was perfect for that yeah, role. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, played it well. She was a great actress. And I think also she, her look, you know, had. I, I said this to you when we were at the end. A, a great final girl has to have just enough menace in herself yeah. that you can see her being the villain. Because at a certain mm. point, 
she, to be the hero, she has to be the villain. Mm. I know that doesn't always make sense, 100% <laughs> yeah, sense, yeah. but like the she greatest... She has to take on uh, facets of the villain. Yeah, the greatest final girls have elements of villainy in themselves. And yeah. I think that she had just the right expressions when she needed it, and it was great. She, she did yeah. a great job. And uh, she, I mean, now the... Uh, the uh, film scholar in me says that that's always been a sort of a tricky area because people have talked about how the idea here is that, and for Final Girls usually is, they have a little bit of masculinity in them and then they empower themselves through taking on more masculine traits, usually through phallic objects. And the corkscrew, <laughs> Well, the, the, well, the corkscrew, <laughs> so th- this movie actually didn't do the phallic object thing nearly as much as most do. Run down a couple uh, obvious examples. I mean, just like, usually you get an axe uh-huh. or you get, I mean, even a knife to a certain degree, yeah. like you could say it's phallic, especially when it's so long. Yeah. Um, I mean, just think, do you, I mean, do you remember, we watched uh, Rise of Leslie Vernon. Yeah, yeah. There's the whole yeah, thing where, yeah. where, where he's interview, where interviewing her and he's like, you're going to empower yourself through cock. Yeah. And, you know, like, and yeah, that I is. I assume you've done that on this podcast. Yes, I yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, it's, it is a weird thing because I, I remember, I, I mean, I took classes about this and I always thought it was weird because I was like, okay, I get where the people are coming from where they, they think this is problematic that in order to win, she has to take on masculine traits. Yeah. But the problem is that most positive traits have been handed to masculinity. Whether they belong <laughs> Yeah, or not, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, and so it's like, so, I mean, and it, it just isn't a... So, like, in any way, if the woman fights back, she's taking on masculine traits. So they're saying, and, and, yeah. And, yeah, and so it's like, are we just not, like, it's not a satisfying movie if she just, like, talks him down with her words or something, you know, like. Well, I think where this really shines in yeah. this particular case is, A, because she's so idiosyncratic a character. Yeah. And, and B, because you have moments where she succeeds by not necessarily suddenly knowing what she's doing. Yeah. But for trying harder and harder and just like the, the crossbow is a great example yeah. that she just, she finally gets it. She's, yeah. she, she has one leg, you know, busted to hell. Yeah. You know, she's got one hand busted to hell yeah, later. Oh God, that's that's yes. a little after, but yeah. oh man, that hand. <laughs> but you know, she, she just finally makes it. It's just, it's a corkscrew. You know, she has a knife, but it's like, there's a yeah. lot of like coming and going of the well, knives. Yeah. I mean the best thing, and like, we're going to jump back to John in a second, but I do want to say this because while we're on this now yeah. is the best thing is that she, I mean, we saw this totally coming, but the fact that she, uses the alarm as her weapon right and that yeah she's empowering herself through creativity through, well then through her yeah. own like her her he makes her weakness her strength yeah the fact that she because I, I mean i always i i had put together that she would use it but i didn't think about the fact that she would use it mostly because it's so loud yeah. i was just thinking oh it's gonna flash in his eyes and she'll yeah. hit him or whatever but the fact that it's so definitely loud to him right. and she's not affected by it at all is well, it really some, to some degree but no well yeah, yeah but not but not in the same way uh is there a really good reversal of Using your weakness and making it your strength. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a really solid moment. And definitely because in conjunction to how dynamic the weapons become, Mm. there's so much trade back of weapons. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, you have my crossbow now and now Mm. I don't have it. Yeah. It's like you're constantly... The upper hand is constantly going back and forth. You know, he has the crossbow. Then she does, but she can't load it. Yeah. And then she shoots him, but then... She drops the bolt, yeah. has to go for it, gets her hand stuck in the door, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's the constant back and forth, and then, like, oh, she, she tries to get the knife, she can't get the knife, but then she has the wasp killer yeah. spray. Yeah. It's like, you. there's so much going on. Yeah, very dynamic. You, you, don't, you don't get stuck with, you know, I have this and I'm coming yeah. for you. Well, and I, I think especially, I think the bow, the crossbow, is the, is the best thing to me because 
she she gets his weapon and is at a in a worse off spot than she was before she had his weapon because she shot him yeah. away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really and he he has lost his his item of power, but is in no way less powerful. And I All think right. that I think that's really cool. But let's take a step back. Let's talk about John showing up. Yeah. Um, but we, we were both talking as we were walking. We we're like, so like we we're like, is the killer John? Because yeah, we don't really like, know yeah. that she knows who John is. Yeah. Um, and so it was interesting. I think it was a really nice change of pace because we'd been in a very one mode, yeah. uh, seeing a different side of the killer, trying to trick him into thinking he's a cop. Um, and then watching the light slowly go on and like, wait a minute, this guy doesn't look like a cop. Yeah. What are you a cop? Oh, I'm a deputy. Yeah. The lights, and then the earring falls and yeah. he's... And I think John, they did a good job with John where I felt at first I was like, John's an idiot. But then he slowly, not only did he put it together, but then he came up with the plan of, oh, I think there's a key over there. And And you know the thing? It wasn't a a Russian plan, you know? It was, everything was tactful. All the characters were tactful in their own ways. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I feel like Maddie basically leading to John's death could have felt like a groan moment. It could have been like, oh, stupid woman messed up or but whatever. But suspense was but it, great. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, yeah, no, it's just these characters, you care so much about them. And yeah, it was a great moment. I yeah. think the fight was great. Uh, her having to walk it. I, and I also, I liked, there was a number of times where things were going on in the movie that if the character could hear she would know that something else was going on. Like, she, mm-hmm. she didn't even know that John had shown up at right. first. Like, we were walking it, but she didn't know that it happened. And the best part like, is, so when she comes to the window to look yeah. out, the killer is bent over, yeah. and she just sees John. Yeah. So she thinks she's warning him of something that's a little bit yeah. more abstract and less immediate, yeah. and as we soon find out, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, and as you said, the freaking hand, my God. Hand, oh, my God. <laughs> the hand was like... It was so good because it was so bad. Like, yeah. I was, like, holding my hand <laughs> under my arm, looking at it. Every time I looked at him, I'm like, oh, my God, that hand. The hand. Oh, yeah. But it was good, man. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the best thing about this movie is, like, at every point, it was, like, such, you know, a knockdown, a drag. I Like, you know, yeah. at every point, you're like, oh, let's finish it, finish yeah. it. And then there's more. It's like, oh, it's so dirty and visceral. It's like, yeah. oh, they're tumbling. And now they're tumbling here. It's like yeah. every step down, it's like, they're going to die. Now they're going to die. <laughs> now they're going to die. Like, literally, you are slowly dying as yeah. you walk around between each point where you're going to die. Yeah. And it's like, that's what makes the suspense so great. And mm. I really think they did it in a very artful way. Yeah. It, it At a certain point, I think one of the most incredulous moments was when he was shot like in the left chest mm. upper and you said like, oh we shot in the shoulder yeah for me it looked like he was shot like close to the lung yeah and i'm okay with him being able to maneuver yeah but he ran awful quickly to the door yeah i just think it should happen a little bit closer to the door yeah. for that to be more believable i think that we should have had a little bit here and there more than just when she was stabbing with her, her fingers the corpse, into yeah. the wound. Yeah. Not just with, with yeah, her, yeah, into yeah, the yeah. wound while she was he was strangling her. Yeah. Should have been a little bit more in there because she did such a good job at yeah. walking around with the leg yeah. and the audio well, really yeah, came along that's with the thing that. Is, yeah, even if it was supposed to be a shoulder or whatever, like he basically acted as though nothing had happened. Until she was you know, <laughs> yeah, pressing on yeah. So I, I just, I mean, and honestly, even the, the uh, hammer injury didn't last didn't, long. Yeah, yeah, it didn't seem like much of an effect. On, on him. Uh, but, yeah, so, let's talk, well, we're basically, let's just talk about the final battle, and then we'll dial yeah. back to the inner monologue thing. Uh, we, tr- we try to stay on track, but things just keep moving. It's fine. Um, so, 
as far as the final thing with the choking and the corkscrew yeah, yeah. and everything, um, I always want to see like a supercut of every time that kind of thing happens in a movie where the villain's on top strangling yeah. and then the the hero like reaches around, grabs yeah, yeah. it, and slaps. So and basically, what you want is a version of Christian Marclay's The Clock, but with horror movie strangle yes. scenes. Well, because I will say that in the horror movie that I made, I straight up have that exact thing <laughs> with a corkscrew. It's not a corkscrew, <laughs> okay. but it's, it's no, exactly. It's, the it's same. a slightly bigger wine bottle opener. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, exactly the, the shot, the shot for shot, it's yeah. very similar. And it, it's, I mean, that's such a, a thing. But it was still very, him, also the corkscrew, oh. that was yeah, yeah. violent as with, fuck. But with the alarm flashing yeah. in the background yeah. with him silhouetted, yeah. I mean, the beginning and the end, the cinematography was impeccable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what made it. Well, and even, uh, I mean, we both talked about in the, the very ending of her sort of going out and sitting with the cat and everything. Yeah. While a little goof, like slightly goofy because she, she was. Had, Almost dying and then got strangled, yeah. and then she could get up. I would, you know what? She could have got there, yeah. but at least not have her walk. She should have dragged herself yeah. there and then collapsed. But but either way, I do think the cinematography at that point too was yeah. particularly on point. Um, it was almost Last of Us. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just... I can see that. Yeah, uh, but okay. But so let's talk about the inner monologue stuff. Yeah. Um. I. I mean. So I sort of called this coming that we would have this idea of the various endings she's, she's the find, writer she's yeah, coming she's back she's gonna to that find thought. she's gonna utilize that talent too and, and figure it out i think the the showing the different ways she could die and stuff was a fun yeah. moment especially um, after the first one i mean you called it and i was like 100 yeah, percent yeah. yes yeah. You, you, you nailed that yeah. one and i i so i and i think the the uh setup of i hear my mom's voice in my yeah. head i have a voice you know what was great like, about that is it added nothing intrinsically about her mother yeah but it was unique and interesting mm. and just added a certain color to it. Like, it didn't have to be the mother sounding voice with her sounding voice over it. Yeah. But, like, that just added a layer to the audio, which I think was handled so well. Yeah. That just worked. Yeah. And so that moment of, of her talking to herself, working through the options, uh, yeah, the way the audio played, the way the, per, the audio performance was done, uh, I thought was very strong. And I, I, you know, I especially, you know, it's a great moment of her. It's a great climactic thing of her set it going in the third act. I have to fight back. That's yeah. the only way I can have the ending I want. Her, the music going as she writes the letter to her parents yeah, and her yeah. sister, phenomenal. That's a great moment. Yeah, great. I mean, great Foley work. Obviously, because yeah. so much of it was Foley. Yeah, yeah. And just great, you know, the, yeah. the sound was tastefully limited, yeah. but when it came, it was just right. Yeah. I will say, I do have a slight issue with some of the specific lines of the inner monologue i felt like they hammered home a couple lines that i didn't need uh it, it vaguely reminds me of the taking the mask off yeah. thing just in that like we're saying things that i get now without, i have to kill yeah, him that yeah now i have to kill him now so it's the only ending like, like we get the idea you're yeah. showing the endings we know you're thinking that you don't have to outright outright say it to us still not a, not a huge deal yeah. but uh it's one of those things where the movie is so good at, at visual storytelling and subtlety that when they do have a thing that sort of sticks out to me as like, oh, well, you didn't need to say that, it, it, it bothers me a slight bit. For me, this is exactly the kind of thing that does bother me. Yeah. But in this case, it I, I was aware of it, but it didn't bother me because mm. I, I think what, what the trade-off is, because she didn't speak up until... I mean, she there was a little bit of that inner dialogue mm. at the beginning, and then more of it here. Yeah. But I, I feel like her her character has a personality 
that has this quirkiness to it, even though it's not like in a super big way. Yeah. She's so unique, she has a quirkiness to it. So if this was a different movie yeah. where the protagonist wasn't deaf and it was yeah. like Ellen Page, you know, yeah. and the same role, and then you can see that kind of character saying those things because it's a quirky way that you feel like, oh yeah, this is the way that character talks. Yeah. And I, I just kind of got that. Uh, like just even mm. though it wasn't vocalized yeah. beforehand and, that, and that's to me what made it okay because i can see this particular character saying those lines yeah. as opposed to the killer who was saying it to yeah, let the audience yeah. understand yeah. even though it falls in a similar yeah yeah I, I can see where you're coming from there um so i have one other sort of big point do, is there anything else you want to touch on before i get to it um, do you do want to say the alien thing real quick oh yeah so i think it's worth noting that from the time that the cat was missing while the killer was there, we were saying, like, oh, man, he's going to kill the cat. Or, like, please don't kill the cat. Or, like, yeah. and when the guy was, like, oh, don't kill. Like, whatever you do, like, that is, like, the number one rule is, like, yeah. you don't kill the cat. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> kill, you know, kill it and murder everyone horribly. But do not, you know, that's the cat, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, you know what? I know what's happening. That cat is the whole alien thing. Like, you, you, it's, it's there, so you worry the whole time mm. about what happens to the cat in the abstract, and at the end, it's going to be her and the cat. Yeah. And that's 100% exactly yeah. what happened. <laughs> it was alien at the yeah. end. Yeah, no, that was cool. Um, so the other, the sort of last big point that I want to mention is... I sort Actually, of as... almost watched Alien instead of... Yes, movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, So we, we, we had read a little bit with the director basically saying that originally he had thought about making the movie entirely silent yeah uh and that he felt like that would as he thought about it more he thought it would make it almost impossible to it really alienates the audience yeah really hard to take away the uh any sort of suspense or anything um my question though is is there something innately uh is there an issue there when the the movie therefore would not work as well for a deaf audience i would say there is a distinct difference, mm-hmm. and I think that it is, even if you have a deaf person going through this, if you're imagining this to be real, yeah. you would still feel things by tactile touch, and you have the mm-hmm. vibrations in your body, so you have other sensations coloring the world as it's happening. Yeah. When it's a movie, you don't have that. You have mm-hmm. you know, just the flat wash of the light of the screen coming at you and so i think that the problem is that it's just you are only losing something Mm. and that is actually great for a short film a 20 million a 20 minute film i think could pull that off yeah and i just think that when you have what was it 100 minutes uh yeah about that yeah Um, actually maybe like 80 i i I don't know maybe i I read 100 i don't know why um it was you know a a shortish movie as far a movie goes but it was a full-length movie yeah and so when you have that i just think that there's so much to be done because even if the sound is off, yeah. that doesn't communicate deafness as much as when you have mm. these close-up 3D sounds on the microphone of her cutting the vegetables yeah. and then it fades out. Mm. That communicates more than just not having sound. Mm. I mean, unless, unless you had everyone have like a vibration vest sitting yeah. in a vibration chair watching the movie, yeah. it's not going to do the same yeah. thing. And Look, no matter what, I understand the the mainstream audience isn't deaf and you want it to be palatable and you know, you have to, to a certain degree make some concessions to make yeah. it something that can be at all commercially successful. And also you are getting a positive message out that you do want to spread to as many people as possible. I, but it, it does remind me of, uh, I remember there were some people who took issue with the fact that Marvel's daredevil TV show 
was on a platform in, in Netflix that does not have descriptive audio. Mm. And, and, you know, and so it's like, it's about a blind guy. How positive is this? But blind people can't walk in. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so that, the problem with that is, that is so above the story. Yeah. That, yes, that's a great thing to think about when yeah. making something. But at a certain point, you, I mean, the Daredevil is one thing. But yeah. at a certain point, you can't compromise the art for what it is, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because I, I really do think that it was a really great dynamic movie. And the use of sound when it came and went really added to that and made it great. Yeah. Especially because there was little dialogue, yeah. but the dialogue that was there was efficient yeah. and shuffled around the events in a jarring way. Like when John showed up and suddenly there was dialogue, yeah. it shifted. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, where are we? Yeah. It's like this undefined, messy space where like the rules are changing, what's going to happen? Yeah. And then it goes away yeah. and it's back to her and then, then she gets her own dialogue. Yeah. So it's... I think that it was worth the concession yeah. to do that. Well, and I, I yeah, I, I completely agree. I just thought this was a topic worth mentioning. And, and it isn't a perfect parallel to Daredevil because, obviously, you could watch this with closed captioning yeah. and hear and be able to read what people are saying. Yeah. I just think that there's something to be said when they go, well, it's impossible to make a movie that's totally silent. Well, if you made it in, for the intended audience of deaf people, then you'd, you'd force yourself to make it make, work for them. Yeah. You know? It, well, you know, I would argue that if I was making a movie for deaf people, mm. I would not make it silent. I would put in a lot of loud bass. Yeah. And I think that they did. Yeah. Honestly, that's true. they did. That's true. They yeah. did that and there was a great there was great bass. So like especially like I'm thinking like when she was stumbling with a shot up leg outside mm. and it was this weird stuttering music yeah. that was like almost a mimic of like how her steps would be, but it wasn't her steps. Yeah. And there just had been some there was some great rumbles like it wasn't like that kind of like war of the worlds kind of like yeah. like it wasn't like that. <laughs> it was just this great understated rumbly like ah, moody rock happening yeah. when it was needed. And I think that if you had and like we had the sound bar, you could feel it sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. I think like that is more important. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're trying to tailor to an audience that, you know, can't hear. Cool. I think that's a nice place to end. Do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, stay spooky out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So if you want to email us in the future, you can do so at thescreamcast at gmail.com. I, this is so jarring for me. It's like <laughs> I, I can't even understand what's happening right now. Uh, That's follow, the wrong email. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at ScreamPod. Oh, it's so wrong. <laughs> Check it's out so wrong. our website, thescreamcast.wordpress.com. How do you live with yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and please uh, leave us an iTunes rating or review. That will make us happy. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and uh, you know we'd love feedback about this too especially if, if you know anyone who is deaf and uh, has seen this movie yeah. and likes it or hates it yeah be cool alright thank you guys scream you later ooh spooky <laughs>